She leads, she thrives. The home of inspired conversations, practical and creative wisdom, expansive leadership and business insights, abundant braggadocious moments of celebration, and useful info you can actually do something with. You'll hear about mindset, marketing, money, magnetism, self-awareness and the Thrive Factor framework, its archetypes and more. Amplify your role as a leader, a self-led soul. Tap into your effortless success zone. Turn your ingeniousness and wisdom into profitable income streams. From solo shows to guests you definitely want more from, there's something for every ambitious, ingenious soul. I'm Shannon Dunn, a true OG of the business coaching space with an obsession with thriving. You are so welcome here. Let's dive into today's episode. Hey, superstars, welcome to December 2023. I don't think, how do we get here, right? It's been a big year, but this is the first of three solo episodes to support you to wrap up your year and kind of do some planning, some visioning, getting yourself ready for 2024. You may have already done this, but I, if you haven't yet, or if you have, I am sure there is going to be value in these episodes for you. Now, having the liberator engineer archetype in my Thrive Factor profile, I have both an innate strength when it comes to planning, reviewing, discerning, useful information from my reflections, and I equally have a big love of supporting my client and community to create as much ease, effortlessness, and spaciousness as you desire in business and ultimately in life too. So from a liberator engineer viewpoint, this equals freedom for us all. I've consistently found, though, that the business owners I meet and the messaging I see shared in marketing, feedback from others in business, that reflecting on your year, being able to determine the most aligned business model, planning, or as I like to actually call it, visioning, aren't all that easy or motivating for many of you. Let's change that. Welcome to episode 65 of She Leads, She Thrives. I'm Shannon Dunn, a long-term business and self-leadership coach, and your host here, at She Leads, She Thrives podcast. Now, I've been thinking about the theme of today's solo ep for a while and considering why I felt it was important as a topic and what to share with you. So before we get into today's content, though, I just want to say, like, how good have our recent guests been? Episode 64, our most recent, with a super bubbly, abundance mindset maestro, Tish Bell. Before that was episode 63 with a phenomenal copy maverick, Susan Reok. And Susan talked about the UX factor and what that looks like in terms of um, its impact on how you actually bring an experience to life, an actual user-focused experience. And before that was episode 63 with the inspiring Alison Robinson. Now, I've been in a bit of a recording frenzy, if you like, through to late October and then into November. And just last week recorded the last of about maybe 12 guest episodes with another collective of phenomenal, incredible souls, women in different parts of the world who have so much to offer. Now, some of those episodes begin to go live in the coming weeks. And as always, I am personally overflowing with excitement to share these conversations with you. But today is the start of three solo eps to wrap out the year, as I mentioned earlier. And the first of these, we are going to explore what I refer to as an aligned business model. Now, I initially wrote 
the phrase right business model, but right isn't really the best word for this topic. So I sat with that for a bit. And in this personal season, or what, you know, what would you say? What was the Taylor Swift reference be in this current era of my life in business? The word aligned came through and well, you know, that definitely felt more in alignment with what I wanted to share with today's episode. Before we get stuck into ways to check your business model alignment, let us get back to like the uber basics of this topic. Like what is a business model? While for me now, I guess it's definitely influenced by my many years in business. I understand what this is, like what a business model is, but I still find in the marketplace with other business owners that they're not necessarily sure and overcomplicate it in ways that's really unnecessary. So from my own I guess, definition, if you like, the simplest way to describe it is a business model is the structures, the systems, the processes, and ways in which we deliver what we deliver in our business to earn a profitable income. But I thought I'd have a look at some definitions according to different, I guess, platforms and different um, types of business organizations in the world. And I wanted to share some of those with you so that you can see the, I guess, the consistency in what they're all saying and hopefully one of these will resonate with you. And if you don't yet understand what a business model is and certainly what your business model is, this might help you to bring it back to basics. So from a definition perspective, it is according to the Oxford Dictionaries, a plan for the successful operation of a business, identifying sources of revenue, the intended customer base products and details of financing. Now, Investopedia says it's so actually they said the term business model refers to a company's plan for making a profit. It identifies the products or services the business plans to sell, its identified target market and any anticipated expenses. The Harvard Business Review said, a business model is a set of assumptions about what a business does, who its customers and competitors are and how it makes money. And Zero.com says a business model defines your value proposition, identifies growth potential, and sets a path towards profitability. Definitely a theme here. And I was delighted to see the reference to not just money and income, but to profit in most of these formal definitions. So a question I've been asked by numerous clients over the years is how many business models are there? And, you know, and absolutely honestly, what do they say? How long is a piece of string? Is that the right phrase? Now, I'm sure you get what I mean, but there is no definitive answer to that as there are potentially infinite numbers of business models available being led successfully and being involved all the time by the multitudes of incredible business owners in all their forms all around the world. But to give you more insight into, I guess, the aligned business model perspective, I wanted to discuss three key ways to consider business models in relation to what you deliver that your ideal client or customer community invests in or buys from you. So these are in no particular order. It's just these are the three, I guess, types of business models, um, just looking at in terms of what you deliver. There are those that have a pure service business model only, those that have a product business model only, and then a blended service and product business model. Now, that's where I am from a business model perspective in the blended service and product space. So let's just quickly chat through each of these. A service business model would be where you purely provide services to your ideal customer or client base. So when I use the word customer or client, honestly, I mean the same thing. And I will tend to use client more because of my service or I guess predominantly service business background. 
but at the same time, customer is relevant too. So you work out whichever makes sense to you. But from a service business model perspective, you deliver services only. Now, those services could be in a one-to-one format or a one-to-many format where you deliver your services in whatever format they look like and are to groups. A product business model where it's only products is literally that you only have products available. You do not provide a service of any description. So you have a range of things that you make, like maker businesses definitely fit into product business model. But if you have uh, an, a range of incredible things that you say handcraft, but you also deliver a program on how to someone could create that for themselves, that would be a blended service and product business model, not purely a product business model. Where I fit into this third option of the blended service and product business model is that I actually have tangible, physical and digital products available in my business. While I'm predominantly a service business owner and I refer to myself as an online service business provider because or OSP because I predominantly deliver my services in an online format these days, I do have things. My books is one example. I've had an archetype card deck in the past. I've got more books coming. I will say I've got journals coming as well. Some incredible fun things to bring to life in 2024. Um, But I also have digital products that people can download. So there's not just uh, a service business model for me anymore. Started out like that, but it evolved over time. And I would say, if I think about the what I see in the online space, what I hear, the clients that I've worked with over all these years, that a larger percentage would fit into that third option of that blended service and product business model. So even if you just have one product, it still would be a blended model. Now, you can also consider your business model through the lens of who your ideal client community is. So your business could be serving what they refer to as B2C, which is business to customer. Uh, or sorry, not customer, consumer. You can also have a B2B, which is business to business, or, you know, as I saw a few times recently, a derivative of this B2E, business to entrepreneur, I'd say it's still a B2B, business to business. You could serve both consumers and businesses, and that's where I fit. The majority of the people that invest to buy something from me at any level are actually others in business, but occasionally I might have somebody who's not a business owner and might be in a career or in a leadership role will invest, for example, in Thrive Factor profiling and coaching or buy my books or uh, those kind of things. People that are not in business attend when I'm speaking, doing keynotes and things like that. So you can, as I said, serve consumers and businesses. I would predominantly say that I'm a B2B, so business to business, but I also do have the occasional consumer who's not a business owner um, investing in something that I offer. So now I know there's a large percentage of listeners of Sheila She Thrives who would fit into that service or, or blend service and product option, as I mentioned, and who are more likely, as I also mentioned, to be B2B, or we can call it B2E again, that blended approach. So you can consider these things as business model foundations in terms of, you know, what you deliver and who you deliver to. But when I think about crafting and leading a business with an aligned business model, this is where other considerations need to come into play. And I have a series of, or sets, I guess, of two two sets of questions that I 
ask myself and I have worked with these questions with clients in different ways over the years to help to create that reflection, that understanding, and to lead to you being able to make decisions that can create greater alignment and hopefully an ideal alignment for you based on, you know, your current time in your business, in your life, and what else is going on in the marketplace. So let me share these questions with you. The first set of questions to ask yourself, what kinds of ways do I work with clients? So this is being like currently, what kinds of ways do I work with clients? The next question, what kinds of ways do I want to work with clients? Now, you may have some of the same things come into the answer for the second question that is listed in the ways you currently work with clients. But that second question, what kinds of ways do I want to work with clients, is incredibly valuable for you to consider other ways that you could work with your ideal client community. The next question I would ask is what services do I provide? So that's, a, again, a current, you know, line in the sand. Here we are right now at this tier time in, in the world. What services do I provide? To extend beyond that is what services do I want to provide? So, again, like those first two questions, it could be some similarities come through in the answers to number three and four. But number four, what services do I want to provide? is your kind of your dreaming possibilities here. Then we move into products. Now, the first question in this these couple is what products do I provide? And then the next question is what products do I want to provide? You may decide you don't want to provide services or you don't want to provide products. That is 100% fine. This is up to you and a reflection of your business and what you provide to your ideal client community. But you could suddenly have a realisation that you want to add products to your business model and you haven't done so far. So there's another three questions in this series of this first set. The next one is what services or products do my ideal clients want? The next question beyond that is what services or products do my ideal clients need? Now, want and need are very different. So you want to be clear on what those differences are. And again, there may be some similarities or some of the same things will show up in the answers to both questions, but you want to also really own your own wisdom and expertise. And we'll talk more about this a little bit moving on into the episode in relation to you knowing what your ideal clients need. Yeah, and this isn't any client that could work with you. This really is your ideal client. I'm not going to go through how to work out your ideal client and create avatars and things. I There is so much information about how to do that out there. It's included in so many programs. And I know that you know how to work that out. So let's not go there. <laughs> we don't need to do that. The final question, though, in this first set of questions is, where is there an intersection between what I want to provide or deliver and what my ideal client wants and needs? Yeah, You've probably heard me reference a Venn diagram because I love using them. I'm a very visual person. I love to get big pieces of paper, color out and write things out, draw things out even. So this is an ideal time on that last question to do that. You know, where is there an intersection between what I want to provide or deliver and what my ideal client wants and needs? You know, also to take your alignment check deeper, I would then ask the following kinds of questions. So these fit into what I would refer to as this second set of alignment creation questions. 
The first of these is what ways do I work with clients that excite and motivate me? So that would be looking at what you're currently offering, whether it's product or service or both, doesn't matter. So what ways do I work with clients that currently like excites and motivates me? The next question, what ways do I work with clients that feel heavy, hard, overwhelming, whatever other word you want to put in there, drain you? Yeah, that is really important to understand. And this is, I guess, an opportunity to share a phrase with you that I love to share with clients and love to tell myself, just because you can doesn't mean you should. So if you are literally offering a program that every time you get to thinking about marketing it, launching it, having clients join you in it, delivering it, wrapping it up, you feel a sense of heaviness or you feel overwhelmed or it just feels way too hard and you feel like your energy is just tanked and gone out the window, gone AWOL or something, maybe that's not a program for you to continue offering, even if clients love it. Right? Maybe you could reimagine what that program could look like in terms of how you share the content if it's incredibly value and your client community loves it and gets value, gets results, like tangible results from it. But, you know, that's the kind of thing I'd be reconsidering as something that's perhaps not aligned. All right, there's quite a number of other questions to share in this second set. The next one would be, what aspects of these services or product delivery specifically causes me to contract? So when I'm talking about contracting, I'm talking about those heavy feelings, as hardness, the overwhelm, the drain, the not feeling good about it. So you might literally have a sense of a feeling. You might feel it in your body. Um, so it's like bringing into the energetics into your business. I talk about contraction and expansion a lot in relation to the archetypes because each of them has their own ways to uh, expand more and the ways where they will more likely contract. So being mindful of that, which is something that I share in a lot of my programs and content um, is important if you know your trifecta archetypes. But the second or the, the next question to ask beyond that, what aspects of these services or product delivery specifically causes me to contract is, are these activities and processes essential to the delivery of what I'm delivering? I find that so often for a number of reasons, we add in complexity into what we deliver product and service. And this can create a real challenge for a lot of us. So stripping things back and getting to the simplicity of how you could deliver whatever it is you deliver, that's both in the, the content, the style of delivery, uh, the creation process, the marketing of it, the technology you use, everything. Challenge yourself. Do these activities and processes, are they essential to delivery? If so, could they be outsourced or is there someone in my team, if you have a team, or who I could add to my team to take these things on? If you believe there are activities and processes essential to delivery of something that still makes you feel contracted, and you, but you still feel you want to deliver it in some way, shape or form, you don't have to be the person that does all the stuff. Yeah, this is where you could get someone to help you even for a few hours, a week or a month to take on some of the things that just do not feel good to you. The question beyond checking in to see whether there's someone that could take on that, those parts that you could outsource to is what budget do I have for engaging support? Yeah. 
be mindful of that before you go ahead and try and hire someone to help you with whatever it is you're looking to get help with in your business. You know, have a budget in mind and so that can give you a guideline to stick to it. Don't just come up with any kind of number because you know you need or you know you want support. If you can't afford it right now, work towards creating the buffer of of profitability in your business as, as soon as you possibly can so that you can continually, you know, engage the right support, the ideal support for you. Next question. This is a really important one I found for me and have found continually when I've considered hiring someone to help me with something or do something on my behalf. What difference could having support for the things I believe are important but that aren't my zone of genius or take way too long to create or to deliver or make me just feel like I don't want to do them, what difference could having that kind of support lead to? Yeah. Sometimes being clear on what that will lead to how having support will make you feel, the time it can create, the profitability it can create, the ability to give you space to be more creative, to do all kinds of incredible things, to learn if you want to learn more. Mental teachers always want to learn more. Um, you know, that motivate, Understanding that can be an incredible motivation to you, creating the budget, having the budget available, whatever that looks like, to then also finding that person. Uh, or that team or, you know, organization that can help you with whatever it is you need. Okay, so a couple more key questions to ask to wrap this set of questions up. Moving forward, now you could imagine this in a two or a six or 12 months, even up to five years if you're more big picture like I am. What do I see myself continuing to offer or deliver? Yeah. And then once you've listed those things out, ask yourself why. Why these things? Yeah, You'll have an answer to that. I'm sure you will. And then the next part of this, kind of to wrap up this set of questions, moving forward, and again, imagine this in a two or six or 12-month or even a five-year time frame. You can do the same question across those different time frames. What do I see myself not continuing to offer or deliver? And then ask yourself why. If you go through the process of these two sets of questions, you're going to get a lot of answers, hopefully. I trust you will. And within those answers, you're going to have a lot of insight into what you actually do want to be offering in your business. Now, we know not everything in business is fun and easy. Like, I wish it was. I really wish it was. And I I look at content that talks about fun and ease all the time and that it always it's always there and you know it's your priority and your it's possible for everyone and I I guess I have a lens of skepticism through this because when you're in business you know how hard it can be right but I don't understand though why anyone continues to do things that aren't most likely to create what I refer to as an expansive effect i.e. they you and your effortless success zone a large and increasing percent of time and that second set of questions are as important as the first, in my opinion, and they'll help you to really get to the bottom of what you do and don't want to do. And if you don't want to do something, you might not be able to stop it immediately. That might actually not be possible for you. It might take some time to transition it out of your business, or it may be better suited, as I said, to outsource to another person with a more suited skill set and different kind of motivation and momentum to you. Like you may have the skill set. But for whatever reason, you just do not have the motivation and momentum to continue doing something. 
So always remember that it is possible to get someone to help you. Now, exploring these kinds of questions from both lists will help you to discover what you want to provide and whether there is any resonance or alignment between how you like to support, work with, or provide to your ideal clients and what they both want and need. I would think of what they want as being perhaps what they're aware of and then what they need is a blend of maybe what they're aware of consciously but also unconsciously. A lot of what our ideal clients, no matter our business model and delivery and what it is that we offer, what they actually need, they don't have awareness of. So that would be the unconscious, you know, lack of awareness really. Like have you ever heard the saying, provide your client what they want and then deliver what they need? Like I've heard it so many times, seen it used in all kinds of copy and programs and different things. But this fits with that want and need aspect. It also kind of claims that you know better than the client. Now, I don't want to go down, you know, potentially the deep path of a tangent other than to say be aware of this as it can be both an accurate assessment like when you take into account your tangible expertise and experience, it can also be an unfounded assumption. And this isn't the only archetype who potentially does this, but the mentor teacher that I've observed, I have this archetype myself, is the one more likely or more frequently to make assumptions about their client community that can be wildly inaccurate. Mentor teachers know so much that it can be a bit like, well, everyone else, you know, needs to know this as well. Not necessarily. Saying all of that, I do believe in you, you know, in, in us all, that leading business from a place of actual leadership, starting with self-leadership, which to me looks like each of us actually acknowledging what we know along with our innate wisdom, and also looks like each of us recognizing that our ideal clients, no matter whether we're a service product or blend of both focused business, come to us because we offer something that they want, need, or both. You know, we offer a solution that fulfills a problem, a need, or a desire, essentially. In keeping with today's focus on aligned business model, I invite you to consider this as an invitation to reflect on and understand your own business model and then to take into consideration the parts of it that feel, say, in flow. They're working, you know, by your definition of what working is and the parts, you know, of it that are not functioning as you want or need them to, right? I was just having a conversation with someone just recently. Uh, it's not an uncommon conversation, but she was sharing with me about a a business that she had in the past where her ideal, I guess, value proposition from a personal perspective is freedom. A lot of business owners talk about freedom. But for her and her description to it, of it to me, it felt like it was um, more important than anything else and really true for her. And yet this business that she created literally tied her to the business. It was open long hours, many days a week, required staff to manage. You know, there were so many moving parts to it and she did not feel free in any part of it at all. Incredible business model and incredible solution that she provided to her ideal client community who loved what it was, but wasn't really aligned for her and who she is. Yeah, so it can be that you can use your gifts, your strengths, your wisdom, um, the things you're good at, but doesn't mean that it's actually aligned for you in terms of long-term, you know, solution or deliverability. So that reflection and consideration has been something that I've been doing for months now. So having different amounts of time available for a variety of reasons this year, and if you've heard previous episodes throughout this year, you'll have heard me talk about my knee injury earlier in the year and various things. I've also just recently had 
COVID and then a secondary sinus infection, which saw me sick for over three weeks. So it was a lot of time on the couch, a lot of reflecting. Yeah, so there's been lots of opportunities to do that and to therefore reflect on my business model and to lean into what is working and what isn't. And this valuable reflection time has allowed me to be honest about how I want to move forward and therefore to make some significant decisions about what my future business model could look and be. And in 2024, there are a number of exciting things changing. I'm excited about them. I'm sharing them more with people. Some of the people I've shared some about the some of the real things that are actually happening, I've also shared incredible excitement. They're all inspired believers too. So there's a lot of excitement going on. But, you know, that's a good thing and it helps me with my motivation. But having led with a blend of service and product to both consumer and business style of business model for the majority of these nearly 19 years I've been in business, the core structure of what and how hasn't really changed that much. It has evolved and expanded, but not actually changed all that much over these all this time. And yet there is value in reviewing it, at, I would say, at least annually, just to check in and determine if it does truly align for you and for the people you serve and support via what you sell. That is, I believe, practical and sensible and also you exercising leadership. So over the years, the most significant changes to my business model have been, you know, sort of happened in different uh, phases, if you like. So I'm going to go through those to give you an understanding of the evolution of my own business model. The most significant one that I go back to in terms of a a real change was shifting from one-on-one only coaching services to offering a signature program where I then also offered one-to-many options by offering a group experience. Now, this was easily nine or 10 years ago. And at that time, I more than doubled my turnover and added a significant percentage to my profit margin by going from one-to-one to 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 one-to-many. Now, it worked, I believe, because I had a captive audience in the form of an engaged community for whom one-on-one services were not right at that time for different reasons. They're, you know, longer-term commitment for one-on-one with me, uh, different price point. There was lots of different things. Anyway, I was also at one-on-one capacity in terms of my availability, so I had effectively placed a lid on my earning potential if I'd remained offering one-on-one only without significantly increasing my prices or for coaching in that way, which was not appropriate to do at that time. Another significant shift then was when I added keynote speaking and then retreats to my business model, different ways to work with and support people in a one-to-many delivery method. This was perhaps about six or seven years ago that I did this more consciously. And I say keynote speaking because I've been speaking for a very long time, but keynotes where you're kind of on stages is different to just speaking and also teaching is different to speaking. But it was about that six or seven years ago, I made a conscious decision to do both. And it added income streams that I hadn't had previously, was work that I adored and the audiences and participants welcomed the evolution. Then about five years ago, maybe more, I had become a little tired of delivering one single signature program and decided to add a couple more key programs to my offerings. Now, I'm sure if you've listened to this podcast for any amount of time, you know that I'm a super creative individual. Like I have the visionary creator archetype as one part of that. And despite evolving the content in my core signature program and knowing it was reflective of best practice in terms of content at the time, my creative soul wasn't being fulfilled. And once a client had taken my signature program and perhaps worked with me one-on-one, which many did, or joined, you know, one of my masterminds at the time, there wasn't a lot more for them to do with me. Yes, they could come to a retreat, but, you know, some people will do that once off and that's kind of it. So my client journey and profit pathways were limited 
and it wasn't serving them and it definitely wasn't serving me. That model at the time also added different dimensions of launching, a need to constantly be focused on what I was selling. Yeah, something required <clears throat> for all business owners, truthfully, because I believe we are all in potential sales mode because really we technically always have things available for you know, our ideal client community to buy. But there is a significant difference between being aware of and actively selling in an easeful way and being immersed in repetitive launch mode of a traditional model that's often lengthy, feels kind of intense, pressured, you know, because of the way it can or may not bring in large amounts of income in fits and starts. But, you know, 2020 and all it had in store for us arrived. And I think we can all say if we were in business at that time that there are numerous reasons that led to reconsidering our business model. Now, you may not have consciously done so back then, but most of us changed something or pivoted. Some people completely re realigned, completely, what am I looking for? Recreated their entire business model or businesses that year and beyond. So we did change our business models. I would say a large, significant percentage of us that were in business at that time, often because the things that we were doing were no longer available to us. I certainly did. There was a, an element of fatigue of by my business model at the time meeting into March 2020, which is really when, you know, the world changed significantly. You know, I was one-on-one -on -one coaching. I had one-to-many programs, books, different things like that, retreats and keynote speaking. And then the realities at the, the last two, just as one example, were off the table for an indefinite period of time. I had to make changes. This led me to change the one-to-many program delivery component of my business and saw me shift to a model where, along with the one-on-one -on -one coaching, group masterminds, virtual speaking, I unpacked those long-term signature programs and created a number of smaller short-term offerings, different price points, different delivery methods, different timeframes for how long they were delivered, different client subgroups uh, came through, a range of learnings for me, a range of successes and a range of failures, 100%. And it feels in reflection now like a massive experiment. Uh, I didn't go into it going, let's just experiment and see what this looks like. I had felt a need for change. I definitely was influenced by the coach I was working with at the time. And I, while I am realigning to a different way to work moving forward, this feels like it was a valuable experience to understand, you know, this, the parts of it that worked, some that didn't, and it was also a constant invitation to reflect on how I wanted to truly support my ideal clients. Now, while I've mostly described the service aspect of my business model, woven into my office suite are products. So we've got a number of books. There's an archetype card deck. Can't buy that individually now, but, you know, I have had that available in the past. Might come back again. Digital downloads, self-paced programs, my podcasts, because this is, as you may know, is my third one. Um, my self-leadership coaching certification, certifying women to become a Thrifactor coach and more. So a true, sometimes many moving parts, blend of products and services, all created with you, with my ideal client in mind. Now, the complete list of products and services when mapped out show both an offer suite and I would also say pathways. Now, I haven't that I can remember shared water profit pathway is in any of the episodes that I've done for Shalishi Thrives, but I definitely walked through or talked through my wisdom is profit formula in a very early episode that was like episode three or four on the podcast. So we will link that in the show notes for you if you're curious to know more about that. 
I also have a masterclass I hosted in the last 18 months or so on Profit Pathways that is available for purchase. So we'll link that in the show notes also. Even though it was recorded a little while ago, how I talk through Profit Pathways and guided people to create their own is exactly how I do it now. So what then is the shift forward into the next year and beyond for me? If you're curious, keep listening. Uh, if you're not, that's fine. But I tend to find, I know for me, my inspiring believer likes to hear what other people are doing. Not so that I can follow them or copy them or do the same thing. It's so that I can consider for myself what my ideal or my alignment, aligned, you know, way forward could be. Now, it's still coming together in all its clarity, but I will tell you it's driven by a, des a reignited desire to offer more personalization as a coach. So I'm in the process of recreating one of my most successful programs, which was a longer-term program, to bring that to life as a foundational learning experience for you in your business. And I'll be launching a brand new way to work with me in a group format that offers the most personalized experience I can host in a space where you'll also get group support. Now, what I can share with you now is that there will be a holistic business and self-leadership program for all 12 archetypes, like individual programs. And we'll explore in depth the four M's of momentum uh, for each archetype, mindset, marketing, money, and magnetism. So I'm taking the best of the multitude of programs I have created over the last oh, many years now, refreshing the content so it's current, and then adding it where it relates to, to one of the four M's. So when you invest in the overall program or experience, you will get access to the programs for your archetypes. Because it's often we're curious to know about the others, but knowing about the other archetypes can be such a distraction and you can get muddled with your influence on, you know, where, you know, say you don't have the network you're connected, but you like an aspect of that archetype, so you kind of take it on board and it will dilute you really getting to know yourself. Yeah. This experience will also include the Thrifactor assessment, so you 100% know your archetypes. Guessing them will only get you so far, and I can't align you with or, or sign you up, if you like, for the programs for your archetypes if we don't know what they are. Now, I've actually considered doing this a few times in different ways in the past, but for a variety of reasons, I lent into other things at that time. But I 100% believe that the future from a coaching, mentoring, guidance perspective in business lies in personalization. And I even shared a post on this in my socials on this topic, you know, this week. So let me just share with you what I, I kind of shared in the caption for that. I said, I 100% believe the generic cookie cutter one size fits all approach is no longer going to cut it when it comes to service business offerings moving forward. Our client communities are more savvy than ever. They're tired of just being a number and of being taught or coached the same way as every other person in a group experience they invest in. This week I was chatting with a long-term client and was so delighted to hear her talk about how easy it is for her to know whether something has the potential to work for her or not. And if it's worth her investing her time, her energy and her dollars into giving something a go based on a lot of what she learned and discovered during our time together when she was coaching one-on-one -on -one with me. Her reasoning for her ease with these decisions she shared how knowing herself and having a reliable and thorough understanding of her personal psychology, so how and why she thinks, believes, acts, and responds as she does, gives her a grounded confidence that she uses as a foundational compass in every area of her life and business. So how did she anchor in such self-confidence and self-reliance? She's done a lot of self-inquiry and personal development over the years. 
but the game changer, she said, discovering and building relationships with her Thrifator archetypes. So now she invests from a foundation of confidence, clarity, and certainty, and chooses what will more likely work for her based on who she is. This is one kind of personalization, the self-driven kind our clients can lead with. But there's also the kind we can provide. I felt the shift to a personalized approach coming for a while. People, you and I included, want something meaningful and useful that's for us, not for any old person out there. There is certainly underpinning, this is certainly underpinning the evolution of my business and how I'll support you moving forward to a whole new dimension beyond how personalization has been an increasing priority for me for years. I was sharing more about this, why I believe it's a non-negotiable for impact making meaningful legacy creating businesses and how you can both receive and deliver personalized services and experiences that are intentionally set up to support the creation of tangible results like profit. So you go. Big mouthful, but it was just, it, honestly, I find the best content roll just literally rolls off. I, I was thinking about this whole capturing personalization and I just sat down for a moment the other day after I'd been to the pool for my hydrotherapy for my knee, looking out at the incredible ocean, you know, decaf coffee in hand and literally just, just kind of, you know, spewed out of me for want of a better way to describe it. So if this resonates with you, reach out, you know, DM me on Instagram and let me know what specifically makes sense or excites you. You know, if you're tired of literally being one of many in a experience that's not giving you what you actually need and telling you that you need to do the same things as everybody else to get a result, then you're you're in the space of looking for personalization. Uh, and also be sure to let me know, you know, what um that if you want to know more when it's live, yeah, message me, let me know. If you're not already on my mailing list. Um, which is where I'll be sharing that and certainly through my social media, usually starting with Instagram and then extending to Facebook and LinkedIn, um, then let me know so I can make sure I can message you with all the info when it's ready. Like I'm expecting this experience, this personalization, it doesn't even have a name yet. So it will come to me. My visionary creator is working on that for sure, but it will be ready for pre-enrollment and access to the phenomenal bonus program that 100% complements the archetype experience by late January 2024. So not really that far away. In addition to working in this way, I will continue with one-on-one coaching because I love it and it is definitely one of my zones of genius. Continue to host retreats. So remember, we have one in Cambodia in March 2024 and one in Bali in August 2024 and both still have places available. So if you're curious about coming on retreat with me, they're very much focused on self-leadership. They are for women in business. Um, Please reach out and ask about those. And there will be more keynote speaking, teaching a variety of in a variety of formats, more books, journals, uh, two signature programs I do teaching that are so valuable are also coming back into this mix as well. And of course, the Thrive Factor Coach Self-Leadership Coaching Certification will be available again from mid-2024 at this stage. And it really is a certification like none other in the coaching space, deliberately. I reflected on all the things that don't work and that frustrated me and that has influenced how I have created that certification. So this model, you could look at it or consider it a new way of moving forward, does feel more aligned than I almost can say ever before. It feels spacious, reflects the wisdom and strengths of my four archetypes. It's designed with my ideal client in mind and a commitment to personalization way beyond anything I've offered before. It feels like the future feels energizing and infused with considered wisdom and focused on tangible, sustainable results and profits for us all. Because, you know, if we're not focusing on those things, why are we in business? 
So I hope you have as much palpable excitement and energy for the business model you're leading into the future with. If not, reflect on what I've shared in today's episode. Go back to the questions. Now, if you want to find them easily, they can be found in the transcript linked in the show notes. Thanks for tuning into this fresh episode. As I mentioned, there are two more to come in this mini-series to wrap up the year. So in our next episode, I'll walk you through my end-of-year review process. It's one of the most valuable things I do each year, and I always do it kind of yeah, sometime in December, at the latest early January. So I kind of am really wrapping up my year with reflection. And then the last of these episodes in this little mini-series, I'm going to share some of my favorite ways to set yourself up for a new year. So think about things like the concepts of intentionality, visioning, aligning. Again, we'll talk more about alignment and more. I can't wait to share both with you. For now, though, wishing you an amazing time into our next episode. Stay safe, celebrate how phenomenal you are, and remember thriving on your terms is 100% available to you always. Thanks for tuning into today's episode. You are so valued and appreciated. Aside from this podcast, my favorite place to hang out online is definitely Instagram. So come and join me, Shannon underscore the Thrive Factor. And no, my DMs are always open for genuine questions and connections. For all the latest Thrive Factor goodness, visit thrivefactorco.com forward slash links, where you'll find more about thriving in life and business. Be sure to subscribe and rate the show and share it with your friends. Let's amplify thriving the world over.